Let us rejoice and be glad in it. On this third Sunday of Lent, we want to continue to look forward to the celebration of the resurrection uh, and the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we have all been saved by the blood of the Lamb. We encourage you to join us in worship right where you are. We welcome you a little something like this. We want to tell you. Go ahead around and greet somebody. Tell them we're all one in the body of Christ. Thank you. 
Scripture. Amen. Let us bow our heads. Oh God, we are 
grateful for blessing us one more time uh, to be able to be within your presence. Uh, Father, as we prepare to read your word, we ask for you to enlighten us uh, through the reading of your scripture, uh, that our hearts, Lord, will be attentive to your will, that we will be fruitful, that we might see fruit uh, in obedience according to your word. Thank you, God, that you are speaking. Bless us, Lord, your service, for we are listening. Guide us, we pray. Amen. As we look into our text, we'll be coming from the gospel according to John. I'll be reading chapter 4. We'll begin at verse 31. Gospel according to John, chapter 4. We'll begin at verse 31. Reading from the New Living Translation. The word of God reads, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, Eat something. But Jesus replied, I have kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know they, the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvest are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is the, the fruit that they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? You know the saying, one plants, another harvests. And it is true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Praise God for his word. Amen. You may be seated as we continue on to worship our Lord and God through music.
we just thank you that you are God alone. Oh Lord, we are grateful that your love will leave us nor forsake us. We thank you, Lord, for the promise and the helper of the Holy Spirit that will teach us all things and guide us, oh God, and as he hears of your will and guide us in the purpose of our lives. Father, we pray that we can continue to discover this in this moment of this preaching, our Lord, speak for you, speak to your service, Lord, through this broken vessel. May your power of your word help us to see Jesus and embrace the purpose and the calling of our life. May your power move our hearts and fill us with your word, your love, and your grace. That we will have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Our text, again, coming from the gospel according to John, the fourth chapter. Looking at verses 31 to 38, uh, as we read in our time, a moment of scripture and prayer. Uh, but if you know this, that this follows uh, after the situation with the women, uh, the Samaritan woman at the well. If you will allow me to point to verse 31, it says, meanwhile, in the New Living Translation. Do you all see that there? Meanwhile, it's saying at this very moment, uh, people from the village are coming to verify who is this man at the well. Meanwhile, at this moment, Jesus' disciples come back telling Rabbi, you need to eat. Meanwhile, at this moment, Jesus is still resting because he's weary from his travel and he still didn't get a cup of water. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jesus is filled because he's doing the work of his father. But before I get to Jesus uh, and the Samaritan woman necessarily, I want to highlight that she left. She's gone back to the village to tell the other people who she has seen and what she has heard. Her conversation is pointing out how she went to the well one way. Y'all hear that? But she left another way. Uh, she went there not knowing who Jesus is. She left there telling everybody who Jesus is. Can I encourage you that you be the same way? That if you have found Jesus, 
that you go and tell everybody else who you have found and how he has saved you and blessed you and kept you. It's a good thing to know that God is in control. Meanwhile, it's showing to us that there's some actioning happening here while they're coming back to Jesus. Now, let me go back a little bit in this gospel according to John. Uh, this is a familiar story. Many of us know this story very well. We like to hear it preached. We like to read it and teach it in Sunday school because we find out about a woman who has issues talking to Jesus. It is well documented that the Samaritan woman has had five husbands, and the one she's with is not her husband. John 4, 18, Jesus says, For you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. If we would tell that to some people today, they might have slapped us in our face to point out how our living situation is not the right situation. There's some people that need to hear this truth, but we are too scared to tell them what the truth is. But here it is. The truth will set you free. She was not prepared to meet Jesus, but Jesus was prepared to meet her. May I encourage you that you may not be prepared to meet Jesus, but that's all right. He is prepared to meet you. Notice how he was welcoming to her while she was abrasive towards him. She assumed that he was a Jew, and then she looked at him as a man, and she looked down upon how dare you talk to us, and then y'all don't even worship right. The Samaritan woman is dealing with her own issues of being maligned of her social status and her ethnic background of being a Samaritan, that the Jews did not like and socially mingle with the Samaritans. Matter of fact, when you go back early into the text, it says that Jesus went through Samaria. Oftentimes, they will avoid Samaria and walk around and not go through. But he made a point to be there. Why? Because he had an appointment to meet the Samaritan woman. May I encourage you to you that God has an appointment to meet with you. Secondly, I want to point out about Jesus meeting this Samaritan woman is that he has compassion to overcome prejudices. Notice how she was prejudiced towards him when you look back into the text, talking about, well, you are a Jew and you are this. But yet notice how she starts discovering that he's not just a man. Uh, he's not just a Jew. She recognized him, maybe, well, he may be a rabbi. But then she got convicted when she found out he was a prophet. And then it was confirmed when he says, I am. Now, our translator says, he says, I am the Messiah. To help us out because we didn't catch up what's going on. But in the lingo, he's saying, I am or I am he. So he's pointing out just like God told Abram, I am that I am. <laughs> Basically, he says, I am the one you are looking for. There's some people out there looking for stuff, but they won't find it because they're looking in the long, wrong places. You want peace. You want hope. You want security. You want love. You want forgiveness. You want grace. And you go find it in other places. But you should be able to find it in the church. But here we're seeing that there were some stripes and there were some issues going on among the people of God. And Jesus pointing out that I've come here to set it right. Anybody here glad that God came here to set it right? 
Jesus is setting the way of redemption for the world, that he's breaking down barriers. He's breaking down social and economic statuses, barriers and pointing out that it does not matter where you came from, but it does matter where you're going. Jesus meets her as he meets us where we are. Notice how we can come as we are. We don't have to change. We don't have to get ready. Because Jesus is already ready. Jesus shows us how to love people and push them towards their healing. This moves us to see the impact of Jesus in our life and how we are to share this gospel with others. The gospel defeats these issues in our modern society that they might have been dealing with then with xenophobia, bigotry, anti-Semitism. Racism and all other forms of hatred. First Peter 4 and 8 tells us what God wants. God, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. When we learn to love people, we don't look down upon them because how they look. But we look upon them and realize that we were all made. I said we all were made in the image of God. Since we all are image bearers of God, we ought to love one another. And care for one another better than we have in the past. Don't get caught up with somebody tell you ought to hate somebody because of the way they dress or the way they look or where they come from. But you need to point out to them that we all want to end up in the same place. We better get ready. If you want to be in heaven, it's going to rise. It's going to be a lot of people that don't look like us. That's what heaven's going to look like. Because we're going to be a place for everybody. But all who call on them, Lord, shall be saved. But those who reject you, there's a place for you too. The meeting with Christ moves her to tell us. Telling your testimony is one way to share this gospel. Tell somebody what God has done for you. Tell them how he set you free and you are able to acknowledge and confess your sin. Notice when he called her out, she acknowledged it and and she realized what was going on. Sometimes there's some people that are not ready to move forward because they can't acknowledge their sin. But once we can acknowledge our sin, we can then begin the healing. Same situation. You cannot be healed if you don't go see the doctor. And then if you go to the doctor and he asks if everything's all right, you say, yes, everything's all right, but you're dying inside. Because you don't want to take the time to acknowledge some things, some, some lifestyle, some habits that you're doing that is hurting you, that you need to change. But yet when we make those changes, the studies have shown us that when people suffer a heart attack at an early age, they live longer because they change their lifestyle. And that's all. When you change your lifestyle, it improves your health because they realize that, oh, what I was doing was injuring me, was hurting me, was not as healthy as it should be. So let me change so that I can live better. Jesus is doing all this work, but yet he is tired. Can I also highlight to you that this text shows us the humanity of Jesus. Uh, he was tired from his journey, that he sat at the well. And then his disciples come back telling him, Master, you need to eat something. Y'all see that in the text? I want to give a kind of a brief overview of his, of his meeting with the Samaritan woman to understand now Jesus is left alone, but yet look what is happening? His disciples are coming back. And there's also a crowd from the village coming to see him. Picture this now. Earlier, 
John, in John's chapter of gospel, we see Jesus baptizing. And we also see about John baptizing and people coming to be changed and be converted. But here we now we see that Jesus is in the wilderness and people are coming to him to hear about how they, too, can be set free. What I want to highlight here that Jesus is doing the will of his father. As he spent time on Jesus, look what he says to his disciples. He says to them, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. This echoes Jesus being in the wilderness when he says that man does not live on bread alone, but on the word of the Lord. This is also echoing what is in Deuteronomy 8, chapter verse 3. I'll read this to you. It says, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with man, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every, Wilson closely, by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. This is very important to catch in the gospel according to John because when the scripture is being read and when it's being recited people fill in the gaps if someone tells you a lyric or a quote from a movie you fill in the gaps it's oh i know the context i know where that is from and so when they heard that i am being fed i'm being filled they understand that he is doing it by the word of the lord john says in the beginning what was the word and the word was with God and the word was God later on in that same chapter verse 14 tells us how the word became flesh new living translation reads it this way so the word became human and made his home among us he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory the glory of the father's one and only son Why am I pointing this out to you? Because we need to understand that Jesus we serve is fully man and is fully God. I I want you to notice I said is because he still is. (laughs) He's not was. He still is, which means that one day we will be like him and we'll be changed to be able to live forever and be in his presence. But what I want to highlight what Jesus shows us that even with the limitations of our human body, there's something spiritually inside of us that can sustain us and give us the energy to do the will of God in the face of our, our, our adversity and hurt and pain and suffering in this world. Only God can satisfy. Jesus teaches us this by showing us how we can do it. He does not tell us something, does not show us, but he shows us right here. Matter of fact, when he was the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew 5 and 6, what does he tell us? He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. Deuteronomy talks about how God took care of them and gave them manna, and they were fed. That what? God satisfied. God supplied all their needs. What am I highlighting here? That when Jesus is saying that, he's saying, y'all concerned about the wrong thing. Are you looking to God to give you the support that you need? 
He's pointing out that I have everything that you need right here. When you are doing the will of my father, that's going to be your sustenance. That's going to be your food. That is what's going to fill you up. Some of you are looking at me saying, what are you talking about being filling you up? That's what he told the woman at the well. He said, if you would have asked me for water, I would have gave you water that you would never thirst again. Why? Because I satisfy. We need to look to God to satisfy all our needs. And how do we do that? By doing the will of the Lord. One call for us is to proclaim this gospel. You don't need a pulpit. You don't need a microphone. You don't need a bullhorn. All you need is to walk by faith. By walking by faith, others are seeing a sermon being preached into their lives. God wants us to help others who know that he wants you, too, to be saved. Look closely here in this text that Jesus says, I am finishing what I have started. I am completing this work. Look at verse 34 in John 4 chapter. It says that Jesus claimed, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from what? Finishing his work. Tell your neighbor, you got to do God's will. Here's the thing that we understand that we see sin happening all around us, and we think that, uh, that they're getting away with this, right, and all these other things. But Second Peter 3, 9 reminds us this truth. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. When you grab the gravity of that, that what if God didn't give me, was patient with me? Oh, where would I be if it wasn't for his grace and his mercy? Think about how somebody waited for you in a, in, in a more direct context that that bus saw you walking. So they waited for you. To let you get on so you won't have to wait another 45 minutes. Y'all done that. Y'all done listen to me. Some of y'all didn't ride the bus before. Y'all don't know where I work at. But you missed that bus. Hey, there's not a bus coming five minutes late. No, they, they, they said at, at a 45-minute interview that they come around. You got to run to that next bus stop to catch that next bus that might be over there. That might be 10 minutes away. But you still don't know. As you know, these bus stops, some of them don't. They, they know that I'm going to keep on moving. Or, or maybe somebody was about to turn the sign, like in the old days, flip the sign from open to close, but they saw you walking towards the door and it's open up the door, so I'll let you come on in. That they were patient enough to say, I'm about to go home, but I'm going to let you come in and let you get what you need. When we understand what somebody was patient with us, it means that they didn't have to give us the time, but they gave us the time, and, and we benefited from the time. God has given us the time. To get right. He wants us to not perish, but for us to repent. How much more we need to tell somebody that now's a time to repent and know eternal life through Christ Jesus. And how do we know eternal life? Because Jesus has already done the work. And here's the thing, the work is being done. That He says, I'm finishing what's being done. But now, as we unpack our, our focus text, look at verse 35. Y'all with me? You know the saying? Four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for the harvest. Now, this suggests to us that he told his disciples, look up, look who's coming. 
the Samaritans, the people from the village are coming to see Jesus. He's letting them know, now's the time for y'all to benefit what I have already done. I already did the hard work while y'all went out and did whatever y'all did, right? And I was trying to research the text. What did they do? Where did they go? I can't find it. But we found Jesus hard at work, thirsty and hungry. Telling a woman about her life, not to make her feel bad about herself, but let her know, I got what you've been looking for. Mm. You've been unfaithful and you're with someone now you're not committed to, but yet I am committed to saving you. I'm so glad we got a covenant God that no matter how unfaithful we are, mm, he can break what he said he's going to do for us because his love is that strong. And the work was done so hard that this woman, she goes and preached this gospel to other people to let them know, I have found the one. And here's the situation that some of us are doing the same thing that we told somebody, but they didn't believe us. That's when you let them know, well, you, you know, well, come with me to church too. You can find out for yourself. Come and see for yourself. Come to my Bible study group. Come to my discipleship group. Come to my Sunday school class. You can find out. For yourself, what I say is true. That's why, church, I do so hard to stay true to the Bible so you can go back. That If I'm not here, you can go back and say, well, Pastor told me if I can look in this verse right here, I'll find the truth. Don't go by me just saying something off the top of my head. I want to back it up with the power because the word is the authority. The word is the authority. Jesus is telling her, I am who you've been looking for. God is looking for those who worship him in spirit and in truth. He wrecked her life so hard that she realized, I got to go tell everybody else. Now, here's another suggestion to us about this text, that the woman goes at noon because then nobody else want to be seen with her. And now, not only was she dealing with her own shame, her own guilt, being a, a Samaritan woman and being maligned because of her marital status or non-marital status, that yet she was so changed by Jesus, she goes to the same people that talked down to her, that made her feel this way, let them know that I want to make you feel good. Ain't that something? How we can help people out that make us feel bad, that make us feel ashamed of ourselves, but we we going to make them feel good just because it's bigger than us. When I understand that I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, it gives me a bigger purpose to deal with somebody's insult. To deal with somebody looking at me a different way because they don't agree how I'm living. And you can let them know we're in agreement. <laughs> That's why I'm walking with Jesus now. I'm being changed. I'm being transformed. I'm being renewed. And, and yes, it may not be fast enough, but thank God that he is faithful enough. We are blessed by his salvation where he points out to them that if you look up, look up, look up, disciples, look up. You guys are concerned about my well-being, but I'm concerned about your soul. We got to be careful that we don't get caught up with looking at people's uh, physical well-being, that we don't minister to their spirit and their soul. Here, Jesus pointing out to them that I am filled because I'm doing the work of my father. We get filled by doing the work of our father. But here's the other thing that I can help you to understand how we get filled. My, my children, and, and you might know some other kids like that too, that they can get sit down and play a game. And I know that because I was like them too. I could play a video game for like 24 hours. And uh, when, I, when I came home from college 
and I was in my room and I didn't have no responsibility, nothing else to do, I'm just sitting down playing my game. My little brother come out and sit right next to him. I give him a, a controller, unplug, so he think he playing, he playing right along with me. Yeah, yeah, we win this game, aren't we, son? Yeah, 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 we just playing along because he leave me alone. <laughs> And I could play that game for hours. Then I got stopped playing the game. So you know what? I'm hungry. I didn't, I didn't miss lunch and dinner. <laughs> Let me go get something to eat. What happens is that when you're doing something that you enjoy doing, you don't think about eating. You don't think about drinking. You don't think about doing anything. But every day, once that adrenaline rush, once that leaves, all of a sudden you start realizing, oh, I need to go, I need to go ref- ref- refresh myself. Try spending some time with God. Doing his will, you'll find that same kind of energy, but it will supersede that. Because now you're seeing fruit that you're blessing somebody else. And the next time they might join you in that same work, and it'll be multiplied, and it'll be increased to see. God has shown us right here in this text that the work was done. Now is the time for the harvest. Look up. There's somebody in your life that you need to look up and see, oh, i got to minister to them. i got to share with them. They, 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 They are ready to hear this truth. Tell your neighbor, there's no time like the present. Verse 36, he says, the harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester of life. See that? You get joy from your harvesting as Christ gets joy from his planting. But then... This another part of this verse 38 suggests to us uh, that those who already did the work, but they did not see the harvest, but were benefiting from their work. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. This tells us that God has blessed us, that we're able to see the fruit of our labors. But the fulfillment of this prophecy of the Messiah, the Son of God, coming, some did not see. They were doing the work, but they did not see. That's why Jesus said if if Abraham was alive today, he'd be excited about my coming. Because he was waiting for the fulfillment of this promise. There's people today that are, are, are benefiting from the work of somebody else. Done. We say it all the time, how we say we're standing on the shoulders of our ancestors, right? That we were not here until somebody helped us here. Look what Jesus pointed out, that John has spent time being maligned out in the wilderness preaching this gospel. People are going out into the wilderness saying, what must I do to be saved? And to prepare the way that, you know, some of John's disciples joined Jesus. And they're growing in his ministry. And here he's pointing out to them, now's the time. Now's the time. In this time of Lent, there's no better time for us to point to somebody and say, do you know why we celebrate Easter? Do you know why it's such a big day to celebrate the resurrection? We know it all the time that we have those people, we call them the CEOs. They come for Christmas, Easter only. They show up on those days to church. But yet God's been keeping you between Christmas and Easter. But you show up only on those two days. And sometimes you might come on Mother's Day to make Mama happy. Those are high attendance days in the place of worship and fellowship. And for good reason. Because if he did not come, he would not have died. And if he did not die, he would not have risen. So it's good that we point out that, yeah, we want to make big about Christmas and Easter. 
But let us not forget there's still work to be done. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We need to go and tell somebody that there is a God that loves and cares for you. Tell your your neighbor he's coming back again. And there's going to be another harvest. (laughs) He's going to gather all those who called on the name of the Lord. He's going to call all those who have been washed by the blood of the Lamb. And we all will be changed in the twinkling of a night. And, and, and we don't know what we will look like, but we'll look like him. And, and when we celebrate this resurrection, we're going to talk about it, how he showed up in closed doors, in a closed room. How he showed up and he left the same way. How he appeared to people walking on the Damascus Road. They didn't know who he was until they broke bread. He, they opened up their eyes. Thomas said, I won't believe unless I can touch him, if I can stick my hand in his eyes. So letting us know he still had wounds. Revelation goes on to say that, behold, the, lion, the lamb that looks like it has been slain. What's that say? It's letting you know that I'm not going to let you forget what I've done for you. The imagery that's expressed upon us that I suffered, I died, so that you might have life and life more abundantly. So while we are waiting to be reunited with Jesus in heaven, we got time to go tell other people about this great story. This great story, you want to tell them that how he has washed us and set us free. I would encourage you to know that God will fill you up. But I want to make sure that you are getting the right things. As I close this moment in this message, I'm going to talk about how I want to thirst after the Lord. If I thirst after him means I long for him. And and sometimes we understand how we can drink other drinks, but yet sometimes only water will satisfy. You might be thirsty after you drink a pot or drink some Kool-Aid or drink some tea. But when you get a bottle of water, it seems like you don't even drink that whole bottle. Y'all don't hear me? I, I seen people come in, they will, they will guzzle down a pop, but you give them a bottle of water, they'll just drink half that bottle of water, and I go, I'm good. And they can sit it down and finish it later. But when they're thirsty, they're trying to satisfy that thirst, because nothing's going to satisfy. We get filled up on empty stuff. Wonder why I took all of it, but yet I still don't feel right, because that stuff doesn't satisfy. And that's why I want to close talking about Psalm 42 and 1 says, as the deer. Longs for the streams of water, so I long for you. (laughs) As the deer pants for the water, Lord, my soul longs for you. Well, I want to encourage you that Jesus made it clear that blessed are those who thirst and hunger for justice. They shall be filled. Jesus made it very clear that I am doing the work of my Father. And doing the work of my father gives me all the sustenance that I need. They asked him, where did you get food from? He let them know food came from heaven. Y'all don't hear me? When he was telling them that food came from heaven, he was reminding them how God gave them food in the wilderness. Some of you are right now are going through your own wilderness experience. A wilderness can represent a place of trial or a place of preparation or a place of discipline. You know where you are. But what I want to encourage and let you know that long as you are with God, you'll find out that those he take in, he can bring out. 
And notice that even when you get weak and you can get tired, you can find energy because God shall provide. Anybody here know that God can provide? Uh, good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. But on today, you ought to tell somebody, I'm so glad that God can satisfy my soul. Only he can satisfy. That's why we can say, give us this day. Our daily bread. I ain't worried about tomorrow. I need to serve him today. But if he brings me tomorrow, I'll say it again. Give me this day. <laughs> My daily bread. Y'all understand? He's the same today. He's going to be tomorrow. And he's the same God he was last year. Because he doesn't change. He's faithful and everlasting. And so if I can turn to God to fill me up, to do his will, I'm going to trust him better than I can trust anybody else. He can tell me about myself. He can tell me about my problem. He can tell me about my sin, sickness, because I know healing is on the way. He didn't come to destroy, but he came to save. Good day now, John. Good God from Zion. I'm in the fourth chapter of John, because in the third chapter he says, For God so loved, he gave his only begotten son. Do you understand how Nicodemus came at night? This woman came in the afternoon, but both of them, men, they met Jesus. They were changed because God know I know what you're going through. I'm encouraging you right now. I don't know what you might be going through, but yet if you take it to Jesus, He'll fill you up. He'll turn you around and place your feet on solid ground. And he will give you the energy to keep on running. I left this part out in, in Deuteronomy. When he told him in 8 chapter verse 3 that we supply on the word of God. Do you know that this is in Deuteronomy? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That means that they were preparing to go into the promised land. And in preparing to go into the promised land, he's letting them know that I'm going to bless you in your future. Don't get caught up with what's going on right now. If I, if I provided for you then, guess what? I'm going to provide for you. And here's the thing I want to encourage you to know that we have work to do. Look up. The harvest is plentiful. We got work to do. Let people know I'm looking ahead toward our promise. He's coming back again. And when he comes back again, will you be ready? Don't get caught up chasing the other stuff. Let God fill you up by you doing his work and doing his will. Let us pray. God, we just thank you that you are God and you are God alone. Forgive us, God, for chasing after other things and allowing it to distract us and fill us up that we were too lazy and too apathetic to do your will. God, forgive us a time that we think we had it right, but we had it all wrong. Thank you, God, that you are patient, that you are merciful, and that your love never fails. And, Father, so therefore we confess and we repent to you right now, saying, Lord, forgive us. And, Lord, cleanse us with all, uh, from all unrighteousness. And, Lord, we want to walk with you. Lord, we want to talk with you. Lord, we want to live according to your will. 
Now, God, I pray there might be someone who has not known Jesus as their Lord and say they have not been baptized and, 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 and enjoying the fellowship and the communion of the saints. Lord, I pray you help them find a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church that they too can celebrate the redemption and the forgiveness of sins and celebrate baptism and be in one with you. Well, Father, Lord, we ask you to continue to guide us according to your will. And we'd be so mindful to give you all the glory and give you all the praise. Amen. 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 Maybe rise. Amen. It would take a moment at time just to get ministered to. Um, if there might be someone who does not know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, looking for a church home, um, we want to welcome you here in this place. Amen. If, they, if you do not have that place, amen, we want to welcome you in this place. Amen. You can see the deacons or the ushers. Amen. Um, to come into this place, amen, and we just want to have another prayer, amen. You can just grab a hand next to you. You can just grab a hand next to you, Lord Almighty God. Uh, Father, we think you just move in this space. Almighty God, we ask you to add on to your church such as should be saved. Uh, Father, we ask you to reach out right now and minister to our hearts, Lord, for today's the day of salvation. May we not harden our hearts. May we move in obedience according to your will. And may we celebrate and rejoice, oh God, as you add on to your church. In Jesus Christ, name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 The doors of church are open to someone here today. We want to welcome you in this place. Amen. You're welcome to come. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. Oh, we sing. How great. How great. How great. How great. Oh, we can bless the Lord in this place. We can bless the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. How great. How great. Is our God. Name above all names. You are worthy. And my heart will say, and my heart will say, how great Name above all names. Name above all names. And my heart will sing, and my heart will sing, and my heart will sing, how great is our God. Lift our voice with me, say, how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me, how great. Amen, amen, amen. We thank God for his movement, amen. We thank for God has moved in this place today, amen. As we continue to worship as the deacons gather information, we prepare to give God his tithes and our offering, amen. And let us pray, mighty God, we ask you to bless as we prepare to give. Lord, we ask to bless those that desire to give, but yet have not. 
Lord, we thank you that you supply our every need. So, Father, we freely give back what already belongs to you for the work of your kingdom and your church and your gospel. So bless right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Those who are online, you're welcome to give in the same way, in the same fashion. Amen. This will conclude our time of service online. Thank you. God bless you.